day. Welcome here to Sports Stars as we continue through the weekend. It's Thursday, so that means it's time for Sports Stars Camogie, our weekly look at all things with the small ball. Looking back at last week's Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie Semi-Finals as Kilkenny and Galway set a repeat meeting in Crow Park on Saturday week. We're also looking ahead to the first two All-Ireland Finals, which take place at Brittany Park in Cabot on Saturday. Antrim against Down in Intermediate, Armagh against Kevin in junior. Looking forward to talking about all four games. I'm Darren Kelly, and of course, joining me is my partner in crime, Amelda Hobbins. Amelda, you sent to me in a text to during the week that we're nearly there. We're at All Ireland Final Weekend now, the first of two of them, and we know our two senior finalists. Yes, we're coming down, I suppose, now, Darren, to the closing stages of the Camogie calendar, if you like, for this year. Very unusual year that we have talked about over and over again. But as I said, um, I suppose to all these teams involved, It'll be no different come the All-Ireland Day because, as I said, they'll be all going out there with one thing in mind to be All-Ireland champions. So, yeah, we're definitely wrapping up. And we have, as you said, our we know our teams, if you like, for the senior. So we have no other than Kilkenny and Galway, of course, a repeat of last year's All-Ireland. And that's exactly where we're going to kick off the show, going back to Porky Cueve last Saturday. And Mel, you were there to see the two games. Let's start with the first game. Uh, you tip Cork Rina tip Cork I tip mm. Cork uh, after 8 minutes of the game we thought we were great it was 1-3 to no score mm. and then Kilkenny showed up yeah and like you said I think everybody tipped Cork and even I suppose being down there um, a lot of the hype even before the game seemed to I suppose be about, about Cork and you know I suppose a lot of talk was you know that they had um, you know getting through their injuries a lot of work done they had the extra game they seem to be improving if you like Darren with every game Ashley Thompson back on the panel and a lot of this chat and I suppose Kilkenny were probably left out of the equation in that sense um, and Cork you'd have to say got off to the better start and looked like they were indeed going on their merry way but obviously Kilkenny had other things in mind and I think once Kilkenny got into the game and again, I suppose we must remember as well that Cork having the extra games and having the quarter final, Kilkenny had to sit for six weeks or so without a game. So I suppose it was understandable that Kilkenny were that bit slower, if you like, to start. But I think once Kilkenny got into the swing of the game, they did look like the stronger team all through. And they definitely came off, I think, with a team performance on the day as well. A lot of the talk before the game was Gemma O'Connor and Mason. She was back in the field to play after mm. a punctured lung only four weeks later. And of course, she scored a goal in eight minutes and good yeah. work as well from Orla Cronin and Katrina Mackey in that. And that gave them the six-point advantage. But even as Paulie Murray said in interviews afterwards, he said the players pretty much stopped following the game plan. Is that what you thought? Yeah, and just as you mentioned, the great start. Uh, Chloe Singleton, I think, started off within a minute or two with a, a free from a point and followed on with one from play. And then I think Gemma's goal can followed after that with a great pass actually from Katrina, Katrina Mackey, a girl I suppose who's had a great year for Cork. Um, but with the great start they had, Darren, I, you are right. And what Paddy had said, they seemed to drift away, if you like, from the way they'd normally played, even the way they were at attack. And they ended up, I suppose, if you like, chasing the game to Kilkenny, opposed to being the normal dominant team that Cork normally are. Kilkenny, of course, then got back into the game. Mary O'Connell and Ann Dalton with scores. If ever there was an advertisement to support the water break, it'd probably come from Kilkenny in this, because uh, before the water break, Denise Cole couldn't hit a ball straight to save her life. Kilkenny mm. were creeping back into the contest, but they weren't really looking great. And then they came out in the second quarter and they were like a transformed team. 
Yeah, indeed. And um, I suppose if you like as well, there was missed chances there from Kilkenny. Um, and I suppose that was all part maybe of them settling into it. And I know they will be disappointed with that when they do look back, even from the hype, obviously. If the, once the hype, if you like, starts to settle and they start to really focus on their game, that's the one thing I think Kilkenny will be focused on. In, indeed, Darren, was there missed chances? But like you said, I think after the water break, then things started to come together. And indeed, and Dalton, Al Dalton picking up a, a goal just before half time. And of course, then just after half time, another goal coming from Kilkenny's way, which I suppose, as you said, if there ever was timing of scores to come, it definitely came in Kilkenny's favour. Was Ann Dalton's goal the goal of the year? Oh, look, at, you asked me, Anton, about Ann Dalton and I'll probably take her aside because she's such a fantastic player. But yes, I just thought Ann Dalton's goal was, yeah, it was fantastic. And I suppose it was the timing of it as well when they really needed it. And I think she's just, you know, we have a lot of leaders, I suppose, in every county. But I think definitely for Kilkenny, she's definitely a leader and she just proves herself time and time again to be the girl, I suppose, on that team that just pops up and does something, whether it's get a score, get a goal in this case, or even just takes on the leadership. You know, she's she is absolutely a fantastic player. So I'm going to swing with it, I think, yeah, and give her, yeah, definitely goal of the year, Darren. <laughs> it, was a one, it was a wonderful catch. Imelda, my feeling watching on the screen here uh, at the game is that Kilkenny bullied Cork uh, after that water break. I never thought I'd ever say that about a Cork team anyway, but that's just my take on what I watch. Kilkenny just put pressure on the key players. They made life difficult for Cork to clear the ball. And like, you know, we talked about them turning the game around, but I just felt that they stood up to Cork, which while Galway teams have been accused of, of, of being bullied before and Kilkenny teams have been accused of being bully, bullied, you rarely see that about a Cork team. We're so used to Cork as well, if you like, just leading the game, dictating the game. And I suppose this is maybe why Paulie was a bit disappointed is because that didn't happen. You know, while they got off to a great start and indeed they looked like we were heading down that line, Darren, very much so. Um, I think once Kilkenny, as I said, got grips of the game, it was the opposite to what we normally see. And Kilkenny that led and go, and Cork ended up chasing. But I think the one thing about this Kilkenny team and, and you know, as I said, I know they are obviously missing players as well but the one thing that seems to be very prominent in them is that when they hit form they're a very very strong team and it's just I think they do find it difficult to hit form as in a team performance but I think definitely on Saturday they just seem to hit once they got going slow to start as we've said but I think once Kikini got going they just really did hit form and Look at it again, it, you have to realise there was only two points in it. And I think actually there was only one point between the sides at full time. I know there was like four minutes or something extra time until Kenny probably got a reassurance point. So it was very much down to the wire. And it's not that Kilkenny, I suppose, lorded it like that in the scoreboard. But you just always felt, Darren, even right through the second half, that Kilkenny had the grips of the game. That goal, as you mentioned, from Miriam Walsh after half time. Of course, Denise Cole was involved in both goals as well. I should mention that mm. after me commenting on her shooting abilities in the first quarter. Dare I question Denise Cole and the wonderful achievement she's producing the game? Kilkenny went 20 minutes without scoring. Now, I know Galway did as well, and we'll talk about that when we get to that game. But as you said, Cork did manage to get themselves into the game. And of course, it's probably just never got the break to maybe get back in front. Yeah, and indeed Cork, I suppose, as well, had missed chances and I suppose some of them at vital stages in the game, you know, and even from place balls and, you know, things like that, I suppose, just come against you. And, you know, Kilkenny did go through a patch, which, you know, as I said, they will not be happy with and had missed chances there. 
Uh, and I, if that was to happen in the past, I suppose Darren Cork would then have dominated and just drove on and would have put Kilkenny away. But Cork just didn't seem to have that grip of the game and Kilkenny just seemed to just hang in there, just never seemed to panic. And I suppose the work rate on both sides, I must admit, it was just absolutely fantastic. It was actually a brilliant game because you just, you know, you never could take your eye off it because it was just between the work rate and the scores and just, as I said, the, the tight finish. It was just like you just didn't know down to the end who was going to get it. You, had, you know, Kilkenny did, as I said, look the strongest. But known Cork of old, you were nearly always expecting something to happen right up to the final whistle. They're always in it too. And even I told myself we might be getting extra time out of this. Two quick ones before we move on from this game. Uh, we'll be talking more about Brian Dowling and Kilkenny next week in our preview of the All-Ireland Final. But uh, any influences you see different from the Anne Downey? Kilkenny, did you know it since Saturday from Brian Dowling? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think like in fairness, if you look back over Kilkenny, you know, in the last number of years, you know, obviously they've always been there, thereabouts. I think it's more down to on their, the team performance on the day, which we don't always see from Kilkenny. You know, they don't always give a performance, especially, I suppose, on the big days. Um, but I do think it was, you know, there was a great team performance on, on Saturday from Kilkenny. And, you know, I think their work great. And, you know, the teamwork as well, they looked out. So they, the, the, they, the girls themselves seemed very happy the way they were playing. So maybe he brought that. Maybe they're more content, the team. But... You know, as I said, Kilkenny have always been there, thereabouts anyway. So it's really down to, I think, on on what they bring on the day, whether they perform or not. And they are in their fourth, um, fifth consecutive final, actually. So, we, of course, we'll be talking yeah. about that next week. Yeah, so. Big word in Paulie Murray. He teased last year after losing to Galway to semi finally might go. Mm. He said he couldn't go like that. Be ashamed to see him go because, like, well, the great work he's done in Cork. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's hard to know, you know, and it's, you know, like there's always different approaches, I suppose, to a manager. Um, you know, you look at all they bring and, you know, I suppose what else, what more he can offer. And then you always wonder, is there a certain time where you bring in somebody new and bring in fresh ideas and freshen up the team? And, you know, there's a lot of, I suppose, these Cork guards have been there, you know, a long time as well and servants indeed to the Cork team. But the, I suppose this year, in fairness, there has been a lot of new blood brought in, new players and... No party is working with those. So you could say then, Darren, maybe he should stay for another year to bring on these players another level. Um, and obviously he too has, you know, it was a difficult year for Cork. You know, they, they lost key players, um, injuries like Jim only just making it back on last Saturday. So, you know, they had have a diff they did have a difficult year. And I suppose if if when he does sit back and think about it all, I suppose that's what he's going to look at. He's going to look at what more he can bring to the table. And that decision will probably be based on that. Well, we look forward to seeing that. We hope all these stay there. But of course, it's been tremendous for Cork over the nine years he's been in charge. If you want to hear from Brian Dowling or the going manager, Colin Murray, check out the third half that was on Monday. And that brings me nicely into the second semi-final, Galway against Tipperary. Uh, first in the Galway, back in the All-Ireland final, deserving winners. Yeah, Darren, and look at it, I suppose we probably all had goal we tipped to win. And indeed, I don't think we ever forgot about Tipperary because they're just a team, I suppose, that have been improving the last number of years. But I think this year in particular, they've had, you know, a great year, um, obviously unbeaten. Um, 
you know, beating Galway earlier on in the league and indeed um, having some key performances as well through the year. But got off to a great start as well, Darren, in fairness to them. And again, I suppose that was probably down to they having a tough uh, quarterfinal against Waterford. Very much got off to a great start, put a lot of pressure on Galway indeed in the first 10 minutes, if you if you like. Um, but again, I suppose Tipperary had missed opportunities as well earlier on in the match, which they'll be very disappointed with. But Galway did, I suppose, if you like, stay with Tipperary uh, long enough, got settled into the game. And I suppose overall, Galway were probably the better side. I think Galway's experience told here, and as you mentioned at the start there, Tipperary would be kicking themselves some of the chances yeah. they missed in that opening 10 minutes because well, Galway had their chances as well and probably weren't as clinical as they could be. Tipperary blew, like it was a chain of wides there that you know, you'd know you expect them to score and they, before Carrie Dolan scored, they were only two points to one up or really they should, you would have felt they should have been four or five up. Yeah, and like... It was just immense pressure. The game, first of all, just took off so fast. Um, I honestly don't think that it left the goal we have for at least, I'd say, the first five to six minutes. It just was literally continuous pressure. Even our puck outs, Tipperary were winning them and driving them right back in. Our full back line were under immense pressure. I think Sarah Durbin had literally, I think was it five consecutive shots in on top of her. Um, but then between Flicken and Hooken and whatever she was doing in there, she she managed to keep it out. But that was the pressure that Tipperary put on us. In saying that Tipperary missed scores and some of them down from right in front of the goals, which they will, I'm sure, be very, very disappointed with. But again, I suppose that could come on a big day as well. You know, and it doesn't matter, I suppose, how experienced you are. You know, those things can can happen to you and can, you know, and I suppose sometimes it's the ones maybe that's most scorable, if you like, is the one you're going to miss. But they definitely will be disappointed with that. Melda, let's just, I want a question on Sarah Durvin. Like, Galway Camogie fans over the years of Marvel, Sharon Glynn, the team you played on, Trace Maher from the team preceding 2013, Neve Kilkenny, the current generation. Is Sarah Durvin arguably the ace in the pack? It just it seems to be every day yeah, that Galway needs the step up, she does. She does, in fairness. And I suppose, like, Darren, you've mentioned some great players there. And, you know, I suppose in in every, in every all their era, I suppose, they were the players as well. So I suppose it's, it's very, very hard to to single out one player. But Sarah Durbin, I think, definitely ha- is, is a girl who steps up and indeed seems to step up nearly every day. Very, very rarely you see a poor performance from, from Sarah. Like she just gives, I suppose, 100%. And even when she gives 100%, if you talk to her afterwards, she's always finding faults in her game. So it's, she's, I suppose, so focused uh, in her position as well. Um, you know, she really does show leadership. She keeps, I think, the whole team together and in particular there and in the defence, where it's very, very important. And she just seems to drive this power, if you like, from the fullback position right down to the team. So she definitely had a huge influence um, on this team. She certainly does as well. And of course, also Shauna Healy and Heather Cooney in that fullback line too have been tremendous all season. Another player that really stood out in the game was Orla McGrath. She was involved in the first goal too. She got a couple of important points at the start of the second half. And like Orla trying to break her way back into the team after losing her spot as well. I think she's nailed uh, that position down for the final. Yeah, or I had a super game as well, in fairness to her, right through. And as well as picking off her score, she got a very a vital score actually just after halftime, a super point, probably one of the best points I'd say in the game. But one thing I love about Orin McGrath is she's one girl that's able to carry the ball. Um, no matter what 
part of the forward she plays and she just seems to have this natural ability to to run with the ball and carry it and open up defence. She's absolutely excellent at it. And I think he's really seen her shine, if you like, when um, her sister Siobhan came into the attack and the way she was able to find Siobhan. Of course, obviously, she's very, very well, very used to playing with Siobhan. But just to see that teamwork and when the two of them were in, on, in the inside line on their own, I think it was, you know, the two of them, both of them indeed, look very, very dangerous. Galway led by 1-6 to 5 points at halftime. Of course, Carrie Dolan with that very important goal and she's had another player who's having a tremendous season as well. I know, Mel, I probably have the advantage of looking at it on a screen here and you were there, but I thought Tipperary arguably had a penalty call before halftime. Yeah, Darren, it was, I suppose, where, to be honest with you, from my position where I was, I, I actually found it very, very hard to see it and or to call it or to see where exactly it happened. But... um. You know, there is mixed, I suppose, opinion on that as well. Um, some people just say that it wasn't the penalty. And then obviously some people think it was. I can't actually make a call on that because I honestly couldn't judge from where I was. But I do know, I suppose, that probably Shawnee Healy was lucky to, <laughs> to remain on a yellow card only for the game because something to pick up a yellow card that early in the game in, in her position as well. She was indeed, I suppose, very lucky to get through the game um, and have a fine performance that she did. But I suppose, yes, indeed, Tipperary will probably be disappointed if they didn't get that penalty. It was a big call in the game, definitely, because it would have put them back in. But either way, Galway were the team that came out at the start of the second half, going one nine to five points in front. Uh, you mentioned Siobhan McGrath. She was very influential at the end, including get a point mm-hmm. from a penalty. Um, but Galway, like Kenny, went a 20-minute period without scoring. Tipperary kept a couple of points back, but I suppose they never really looked like they were going to catch Galway. No, Gorys was always looked like they were that bit ahead of Tipperary, but uh, Tipperary's work rate was unreal as well, Darren. And I think they just never let the pressure off Galway. And they did, if you like, force Galway into mistakes. Like Galway would be a team, I suppose, that would lo- normally like to play a nice open game. We spoke about it before the game. We said that, you know, the Galway forwards would need to use the space in Porky Cueve. I don't think the Tipperary defence let them. They closed down every attack that Galway had. Tipperary just seemed to close it down. Um, and every score that call we got, they were, had to work extremely hard. Nothing came easy. And that was all down to the work rate of Tipperary. People may take Tipperary for granted, but you know this is a team that's improving every year. And as I said, in particular this year, they've just come on heaps and bounds. And really and truly, I suppose, Galway didn't, I suppose, power on because it just weren't let down. As I said, Tipperary put huge pressure on. Tipperary have proven themselves a top four team and of course we'll be talking more about Galway next week's show but before we wrap up a quick one in Tipperary uh, any one players in particular Cotteval obviously has had a good season but for Tip now they've lost to Cork in the semi they've lost to Kilkenny in the semi-final they've lost to Galway in the semi-final I think it's needless to say Mel that next year they can't afford to be losing semi-finals Yeah but I suppose Darren you have to say as well that they are closing the gap you know Um, you know a few years ago I suppose they were getting you know beaten considerably by the bigger teams, if you like. But as I said, they've really did put it up to go and go here or in champions. And, you know, Tipperary, as I said, really put them up to them. So they will, you know, have to be happy coming away with that. I think, again, if you go back to the missed opportunities, when they had Gowie under pressure in the first few minutes, when they were completely dominating the game, they just missed those chances that probably would have even rattled Gowie more, if you like, and settled Tipperary and would have given them a, a stronger lead in the first half 
because they were definitely doing all the work, but they just weren't finishing on the scoreboard. Um, so I think they will work on, the, on that kind of thing. As you mentioned, Colin Stevan having an absolute fantastic year. And again, I think she must have covered every inch of the field of Cork Reeve on Saturday and, you know, probably was unlucky as well for a goal near the end. She was a good shot um, on goal and it just blasted it over the bar. Karen Kennedy at number six, very strong as well. And, you know, they had key players and of course they have a super goalie as well or uh, on the slashery. So there is, you know, I suppose, Darren, like everything else, there's always room for improvement and when they start looking back over over the year, um, they definitely obviously find, like every team will, will find you know the mistakes they've made along the way that cost them uh, and they can build from that but they're definitely getting closer and closer every year even when you mentioned three players there that um, arguably could be all-stars at the end of the campaign mm-hmm. as well Anya Slary mm-hmm. is in a fantastic uh, year too we're going to leave it at that go against Kilkenny Saturday week 7 o'clock in Crow Park next week myself and Imelda will be looking forward to that game in much more detail and we will have some uh, audio um, from people looking forward to the game including the Galway captain Sarah Durvin so that is next Saturday before we finish up the show we're going to briefly look at the two finals that are taking place this weekend, Liberty Insurance Premier, Junior and Intermediate Finals. First we're going to talk about the Intermediate Final. It takes place at Brentley Park Cavan on Saturday at 3.45 Antrim against Down. Before we do that, let's hear from the two captains. In a bit we'll hear from Down's Karen McMullen, but first, the Antrim captain Maeve Connolly. Uh, Maeve, just while we were talking off air beforehand, massive news coming out for the Camogie Association today that despite the fact you're not going to be playing in Grove Park this year, you're still going to be live on television and very, very important in the year that we've had that this All-Ireland Intermediate Final can be seen by as many people as possible. Oh, it's amazing that, as we were saying just there um, beforehand, like I, I'm, I'm thinking even on family members, friends, relations in other countries. As we said, I know that all of the games have been streamed this far, um, but due to problems, um, connection and things like that, there not everybody has maybe great access to that. So the fact that we're getting coverage through uh, forums like BBC iPlayer and RTE is absolutely amazing. Like I never really thought in my playing career, you know, that I would get the opportunity maybe to have that there. So um the COVID times have definitely provided um, some positives too. And it has been a positive year for Antrim because, like, you were out in the wilderness, good in the league, you've come into the championship, you've maintained that form, big wins against Carlo Meath and Leash as well, and back in the Northern final for the first time in nine years. You'd be quite confident you have a good chance of finally getting over the line in this competition. Well, I, th- I think we're just happy um, to be there. Sort of the way the year worked, we were just always taking one step at a time. So every advancement that we made, it was it was just you know a, a sort of another um, another advantage to us. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought at the start of the year that we would be lining out playing in an All Ireland final. Obviously, we're absolutely delighted to be in that position. But if you'd have told me at the start of this year that you know we would have been there, I wouldn't have believed it because um, new mentors came in obviously this year, and we were sort of thinking you know on two three sort of years down the line on a, a build-up that we could make. Uh, things have just really went our way, I suppose, as such this far. And that's the position we've brought ourselves into. Uh, we started out the year very well, obviously, in the league uh, with a couple of good wins over Dublin and Tipperary. And then the lockdown kicked in. But I think because we had maybe started off strong in those matches, um, a lot of the girls that had came out took encouragement from that there. A lot of the girls were mad keen to get back, but it also brought on then a couple of new players too, you know, that wanted to get involved in that. So that has helped us. It certainly has as well. And of course, you've got to the final. Of course, 
You're selling down our two, I think, of only three teams in the country this year that are unbeaten. It's my final question before I let you go, Maeve. Sorry. But it's not just been an iron final. It's up against your close neighbours, your rivals down. What are you expecting from down in this game? Down are a very, very experienced team. Um, unlike ourselves, Down have been knocking on the door of this here um, All Ireland for um, a good number of years now. Um, they're, you know, a, a hard knit kind of team. They're well gelled together. They've been playing with um, each other for years. They have the experience of success um, in both Ulster and further than ourselves um, at different stages in the competition. So, for definite, we have a lot of respect for them. Um, they're a great team. You're answering a question there about we're down to experience, which is probably a few years ahead of you. But of course, the form has been good with Antrim here already, as we've mentioned this year. You've talked about the young players coming in, um, bringing a bit of energy, and they've done well as underage. And likewise, too, there's a, lot, there's a lot of changes from the Antrim team that would have played in the Iron Final in 2011. Um, how much the, the experience of 2011, how much does that affect the team? The Junior All-Ireland um, back in 2010, I think the only people that were involved in that team at that stage was actually um, myself and Chloe Dream were the only two girls on the panel back in the day, um, the sort of Jane Adams style team uh, when we won the, the Junior All-Ireland and I, the two teams are completely polar opposites because at the minute um, it's the young girls that are dominating the county team so um, you have the likes of me of Kelly Roshan McCormick you know that have played um, at juvenile level for Antrim the whole way through and, um, and been really really successful so they've brought, brought a, a completely new energy to um, the county and uh, it's, it's just sort of um, given Antrim the lease of life that they need it, you know, to get back to the level that we maybe were in 2010 and 2011, because the years in between, th th there was nothing, do you know what I mean? There was no real success. No, no real success too, but of course, as you mentioned as well, between your own experience playing with your club, and I hope we get a chance to talk again before the, the club championship comes back, and of course, the introduction of the management, and Jimmy Kernan's a great friend of us here in sports as well. How influential have the management team as well been on your success this year? Well, to be honest, going back to the very, very start, I don't think a lot of the girls that are actually here playing at the minute would possibly have signed up to do it if they didn't have such respect for the management team. So I knew whenever they got the job or were appointed to the job at the start of the year that um, good things were going to happen. Like uh, they have all of our respect and they you know, just made things uh, get better and better, sort of, as we went along. Trainings are hard, trainings are tough. Uh, they talk a lot of sense. They um, do anything, you know, that we ask. They do everything that we need. So for by um, taking great trainings, lining out great teams, you know, planning these great tactics, all the rest of it, uh, I think we have such respect for them. What would it mean to you personally if you end up lifting the Jack McGrath Cup on Saturday? It would be an absolute dream come true, you know, whenever you're a wee garden sort of lining out for under 10 and under 12 camogie teams, I suppose everybody has the sort of notion that they want to win an All-Ireland, but unfortunately All-Irelands don't come around that often and, you know, whenever you actually realise or whenever you wake up in that morning that you're in an All-Ireland final, uh, you'll be grabbing that opportunity by the nail because, as I say, every single girl on that team, like, that's their ambition, that's where we want to be, that's what we want to do, so it would mean everything to us. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and, I guess, listen to him. Darren Kelly. I'm delighted to be joined now by the Down Senior Camogie Captain Karen McMullen. And Karen, 
After the disappointment of last year missing out on a trip to Crow Park, you must be delighted to be leading your county back into an All-Ireland final. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Uh, just with the year that's in it, just especially last year, obviously getting beat by Westmead in the All-Ireland um, semi-final, like, that was a tough one to get over. Um, so our focus this year was just trying to get back and to get back into like the latter stages of the championship and thankfully we're there um, albeit it's a bit different this year uh, being played um, in different circumstances but um, yeah listen we're just absolutely delighted to be to be in the All-Ireland final and to get past that semi-final um, and just supposed to right the wrongs of last year we probably had a, a bit of regret I suppose last year in terms of the way that we played in the semi-final so we're just absolutely delighted to be um, to be here and to be in the All-Ireland final yeah uh, Karen, it's an interesting question to ask you because even we're only starting off ourselves but and maybe we're guilty of this but do media give down as much credit as they deserve because you have been very, very consistent over the last couple of years. Of course, you were in the All-Ireland Final in 2018 losing now to Cork and you were going well in the league before the lockdown. Yeah, we were, we were um, but listen, I suppose we're kind of used to that in the sense of the media I think there, there has been coverage in fairness um, by, by a lot of the media in, in, in particular the past few years and I think it's slowly building as, as across the board um, I think that we've kind of used to maybe not getting as much media coverage or maybe not as much chat about us and to be honest it probably suits us that way you know um, I know this year there hasn't been much chat really about us um, I know there's been other discussions about other teams and you know to be honest we're, we're kind of happy enough just to continue to keep um, keep ourselves grounded and you know keep focusing on ourselves and trying to I suppose get past and um, right the wrongs as well as last year and I suppose we set out at the start of the year each year you set out your goal and your standards for the year and we've just been working away and, and trying to keep the head down and just trying to get to the latter stages of the championship and I suppose we've had a good few years of a good run you know 2018 obviously reaching the final and then obviously last year getting beaten the semi and thankfully getting back to again to the final this year so Fingers crossed now we go out and then to go all the way, I suppose. That's that's the final end product. As you mentioned there, it wouldn't be much talk, but of course when you make an Ireland final exactly where you want to be, uh, the talk is going to pick up. And if I'm wise here, Karen, I think yourselves and Antrim, and we talk about Antrim more in a second, are two of only maybe three undefeated teams in the country this year. Yeah, that's it. That's and it's a great record, and I suppose it's testament to um, ourselves in terms of the team, the panel of players that have come in this year, and we've just literally been focusing on each game and trying our best to go out and win each game and not looking too far ahead. And I think that's that stood well to us um, by going out and just competing, no matter even if it's a challenge game or a training session. We're we're very competitive in down, and and we just want to go out and win every game. And you know, thankfully we've we've had we started off with a great run and. In the division, and um, I know obviously we couldn't finish out the national league, but um, yeah, we just literally focused each game, you know, taking it each each game and, and not looking too far ahead and just trying to go out and, and win as best we can. And obviously, Antrim are, are quite similar in that sense as well. And of course, he did that coming into the championship as well with two wins, including against Leash and up against a Mead team that probably went into the game as favourites despite having lost to Antrim in the previous round. But tactically, you were spot on. You managed to get the supply into your attackers as well, and you were very good for the 14 points to 8 win. Yeah, yeah, we were. We we went into that game and we knew like Mead had been in previous the, the previous seasons had been in Division One and we knew how physical they would be and 
um, we went in with our suppose tactically um, and we knew what we had to do in order to break down and we knew what to do ourselves we're kind of focusing on ourselves but obviously we were looking at it me then we, we knew there'd be a physical side and especially in particular in the tackle um, and um, yeah we just went out and, and focused on ourselves and tried to make sure that we played our game as well as looking at them and I suppose the great thing about the games being streamed live, you're able to go and watch other teams. So we knew going into the meet game, we kind of had our homework done with them and we're just delighted with the result against them because we knew if we could get past that, that, it would stood, that, that game would stand well for us, you know, in preparation as well. And just as you mentioned about the live stream games as well, I know it's disappointing this year that it's not happening in Crow Park where every player would prefer to be, understandably, but at least the games are going to be live on television. And what I mean is that it hasn't been left behind because it's not part of the uh, senior final card. Yeah, listen, we're we're absolutely delighted. I suppose at, at some stage throughout the year we didn't even know we would have Camogie. Um, even you know intercounty Camogie and the fact that we do have that and you know obviously it is disappointing it's not in Crow Park, but I think we're in an All Ireland final and we're absolutely privileged and honoured to be playing. So I think we're happy that it is being live and and the fact that it it, it will be live. It's you know you have your promotion, your awareness, and your visibility. It's going to be throughout that, so we're happy enough that we still have that opportunity and chance. And the fact that the people can watch it, or you know, from their home televisions or online or whatever way it is being streamed, I think that's probably another flip side of a bonus of it. I know um, when looking back at our semi-final, I think when I went back to look at it, there was about nine thousand views of the game. So. Um, you know, it's great as that is actually being promoted in that way and that visibility and awareness is happening. You know, it's one positive thing to come out of this year is that it's given the, both the Camogie and ladies football that bit more coverage because people have jumped onto the streaming option as well. And I've no doubt there'll be plenty more than 9,000 people watching this game. Uh, <laughs> Antrim first, neighbours, rivals, you know, you're well used to each other. What are you expecting from them? Yeah, listen, I mean, we go back a long way in terms of rivalry in Ulster, um, Antrim, no matter how, any time you do play them, they always have skillful players, um, you know, they've got different clubs going in, the likes of Lockheed, Ballycastle, a lot of those particular girls as well would have been playing in um Ulster and All-Ireland schools finals with with their schools as well coming up through so they're going to be tough definitely um, they're younger than us in terms of that um, experience I suppose but in terms of skill level is always going to be high coming with Antrim um, they also have a fantastic management set up with Jim McKernan in there he's very knowledgeable coming from his background in Hurling as well and Elaine Dodds is, is in there as well so she's very knowledgeable and a former player herself so yeah it's going to be a, a definitely a tough game um, it will be anyone's game as, as the saying has gone this year um, and it will come down to literally probably a puck of the ball to be honest there's not much between the two teams and you know they deserve to be there just as much as us so it, it definitely will be a tough game and um, one that we're really looking forward to playing Yeah and of course just looking at the two teams here in front of me too Meade's attack came in with a reputation in the semi-final but you kept them to eight points Antrim have been shooting the lights out in regards to scoring this year so it's going to involve a lot of hard work especially from yourself Fanula Carr beside you Dervy McGee behind as well your defence are going to have to be rock solid in this Absolutely, you've seen their scoreline um, Antrim against Leash uh, they were on top scoring form you know in, in terms of you can compare the scoreline for our Leash game as well so 
yeah, listen, we have a lot to do in our defence. There's a lot of players there that we, have, we will have to worry about in terms of um, their forward line. Um, but yeah, we've got experienced players around us, Alexa Fanula. Uh, she's joint captain with myself. She's beside me. And then obviously Darvin McGee. And you've also got Catherine McGordy in there in, in the def- in the goal mouth as well. So um, yeah, it's something we'll definitely have to be looking at um, defensive-wise over the next week and a half really to try and focus in on what we have to do as a team and um, yeah it's, I suppose it's everyone defending together and attacking together but um, yeah listen we'll be trying to knuckle down over the next week and looking at Antrim forward line and um, really preparing well for the actual final itself Karen just two questions before I let you go you just mentioned about Fanula as well there too and I mentioned her as well experience not just in an All-Ireland final but this time of the year where conditions are different to what you would have expected when you were starting off the campaign. How vital is this, the experience you've gained over the last couple of years going to be coming into this match? It really will stand to us, I think, in terms of just having that experience of, of playing, I suppose, in all our final stages and playing in, you know, in this kind of weather as well. But I think, you know, both ourselves and Antrim and any team that's still involved in the latter end of the championship, we've we've been playing in, in tough conditions the past couple of months. So I think it's, again, I think most teams have adapted to that and it, it probably will come down to who can adapt best next Saturday. We don't know what way the weather will be and it, it's, it's obviously tougher in terms of the pitches are quite heavy as well so the the ball kind of doesn't go as, as quick on the ground so it literally will come down to I suppose a team that can adapt the best um, I know in our first match in particular against Derry like the wind was, was very very strong um, for both sides and, and during that game and again it came down to like the team that can adapt so I think that might come down to play next Saturday, you know. Um, but like, like I keep saying, I think we're all just absolutely delighted to be playing um, in this Camogie final, regardless of what the weather will be. Um, but it will come down this with the team that can adapt. And of course, it is well we're looking forward to as well be a tight contest down against Antrim. Finally, Karen, before I let you go, 2014 was a great year for Down, the Down double with Junior Camogie, and you were involved, of course, in the Intermediate Ladies Football as well. A chance for an intermediate double for your own career. What will it mean to you and to this Down team if you are lifting the Jack McGrath Cup on Saturday? Oh, it would just mean absolutely everything. It really would. You know, after 2014, I think, you know, the standard of Kamui, we wanted to be an intermediate and our goal was to win that. So to be in the final and to win, it would just be a dream come true for all the, the players. They've just worked so hard, not only this year, but over the past few years. And, you know, we've really gripped together and um, it would just be great for the dying community as well. And I think for everyone and in our own households, like, um, for example, our families, it's just been so positive having all the games being played and, and something to, to get us through 2020 and especially in the middle of a global pandemic. So it's just been it's just been brilliant to have that and to get us to the All-Ireland final and knowing that we have that support behind us. And so, yeah, we'd be absolutely delighted um, next Saturday if we were able to lift that cup. I like listening sports dads because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. And that was the Down uh, Intermediate Camogie captain, Karen McMullen. And before her, you heard from the Antrim captain, Maeve Connolly. And Melda, we've had a lot of games this year that we've struggled to call, but this has proven to be very difficult. Yeah, Darren, of course, we've had, I suppose, some great performances from both Antrim and indeed Down. I think both teams unbeaten through their um, through the groups. Um, definitely a hard one to call. 
Uh, and there were big fight. ball years. Well, the two their leagues were brilliant too. Like, yes, exactly. Oh, the two of them yeah. in Tipperary last week were the only three unbeaten teams leading into this, these two weeks. Yeah, so like, you know, there are two, I suppose, teams that's coming in very, very strong. It's one that I definitely would be finding very hard to call. And, you know, I suppose if you look even at some of the scores that Antrim has put up, like 5-10 against Carlo, you know, Downs put up 2-13 the day they played Leash. Like, that's huge scoring. And as I said, in this time of the year as well, which where forwards are struggling, if you like, to, to build up scores. And we see some of the senior games, um, scoring is quite low. So it just shows you, you know, that they have... They have the scoring power and it is going to be a very difficult one to call. Even though both semi-finals were low scoring, Antrim beating Leash 14-3 and Down beating Mead 14-8, you've mentioned Antrim's firepower in the championship has been very strong and like they, they've been hitting goals and scored 116 against Mead as well. Down have been very consistent the last couple of years. We've talked before about them in Crow Park and losing out to Westmead in last year's semi-final as well. And he squeezed Mead out of the contest in the semi-final too. So, like, Down have been consistent form the last couple of years. Antrim back after a few lean years as well. Will that be, will that count for much for Down as opposed to the question I'm asking? Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, uh... You know, it's just when you have experience behind you like that, and it'll definitely pay off. You know, when it comes down to to the, the likes of the big day when you come to All Ireland, so it definitely will. And uh, you know, they have great, uh, huge experience there. And we've mentioned it time and time again. Ludic Hare, and they have um, Catcher McCarthy or McCarthy in goals as well, which is very, very strong. Um, <clears throat> you have Neve Mallon, and you have uh, Theosha McCarthy, and just to name a few of the down players. There, so there is experience there, and as I said, you know. When you come to the likes of the big days down to the All Ireland final, that experience is huge. It'll be huge. And of course, you mentioned Fanula Carr in the half back line and Karen McMullen, who we heard from in the clip beforehand as well. They'll be key in stopping these Antrim forwards. Like we heard from Maeve Connolly, the captain who lead the Antrim defence, but Amela, I suppose, that those Antrim forwards will be what down will lead to stop. Yeah, and indeed, like again, there you know, um, they do have very strong forward. They have very strong players, I suppose, overall. You know, there's Catherine Dobbin, Maeve Kelly, Roshi McCormack, there's a Nic- Nicola O'Neill. Like, there's some key players there, indeed, right through the Antrim team. Um, and again, Antrim as well, of course, have their experience to bring to the table. So, as I said earlier on, Dan, it's not an easy one to call. And I know you're going to make me make a call. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, our listeners can't see but I'm holding the gun up to your head yeah, at the moment I know, I know, I'm, I'm very much when I when I make a call I kind of look at you know if you like performances or I, I a lot of the time I just kind of go up my gut feeling in the team um, like I did say for Cork the last day against Kilkenny I went with this kind of a gut feeling I had that they were improving every day their injuries were coming and then of course as I said that obviously didn't go the way I thought it was going to go I'm probably going to swing a little bit with Antrim. Just I think they might just have the edge uh, on down. But again, Darren, it's just, I mean, as I said, it's 50-50 really with me. But I'm going to go with Antrim. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we get extra time in that game. They'll be toasting in the Glens, Melda, if Antrim do uh, get the victory. 3.45 on Saturday in Kingsman, Brefty Park in Cavan. Antrim against Down. And of course, it's part of a double header because the Ireland Premier Junior Camogie final uh, takes place at 1.45 between Armagh and Cavan. Now, on Friday in the curtain raiser with Rena Buckley, we will be hearing from the Cavan captain, Aaron Galligan. But I got a chance to talk during the week to the Armagh Joint Captain, Orla Murray. 
I like listening to Sports Dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Now I'm delighted to be joined by the Armagh Joint Senior Camogie Captain Orla Murray as we look ahead to Saturday's big match. And Orla, first things first for Armagh, it must be great to be back in an All Ireland final. Oh, it definitely is, yeah. Like time four years ago the girls were in it uh, and now we're back again so hopefully this time we'll win it Before we talk about uh, our man general of course you mentioned there four years ago a great year 2016 even despite the disappointment of losing the final in Crow Park but of course for yourself personally as well you weren't there on that occasion so what does this mean to you now to get a chance to represent your county in an All-Ireland Premier Junior Final? Oh it's massive these days don't come around too often um, I actually watched the girls four years ago in Australia and it's been their heartache. Um, you always want to talk about being a Northern fan, so it's everyone's dream to leave your county to it. Um, but you don't really want to talk about it if you can face it either. The girls are still heartbroken over it four years ago. So I'm just absolutely delighted to leave the team alongside Beatrice to the Northern final this year. It's a great lift for the team this year because uh, moving on from 2016, I suppose it's fair to say it's been a couple of lean years for our mass since whether that was to do with certain players not being there or just um, form not being good and all that. Um, this year, there's a lot of players back as well and you've played on the positive note since. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this last few years, we've sort of been on through transition. Um, a few years of the and etc. Now this year we've brought up a lot of younger players, which is great to see for long term in the county. Um, and we have the likes of Keir Donnelly back from Qatar. So it's great to try and do our best now this year. Keir is a massive plus to the team as well. As you mentioned, of course, good young players. And a very vibrant club championship. I got a chance to look at some of it this year as well. And of course, your other joint captain, Rachel Mary, two prominent scores in the team as well. And two that will be, um, their, their contribution will be crucial in, in the game against Kevin. Oh, yeah, definitely. The like Keir and Rachel up front, um, they're crucial players. So, please God, we'll just perform on the day and get our scores. How have you found this year in regards to playing? Obviously, everyone's been affected by COVID-19 and uh, the lockdown and lack of matches as well. But even take, leaving that aside, coming into the championship, I know we hit the five teams removed, but you had one game against Roscommon and just one game against Tyrone. So it's been very hard, I suppose, to generate a bit of momentum. Oh, yes, definitely. It's very hard even this year to keep having a safe. We've had a number of girls out isolating a club contest as well so most, there's nearly I'd say a majority of the team has been out isolated for two weeks um, and just keeping that trying to keep the whole camp safe at the same time and just trying not to dwell on focus and picking ourselves up there's times that our teams have had to change maybe just the next four match because of COVID but no definitely with the lack of matches We've actually only played three matches now this year. We played uh, the Ulster final against Down and then we played Common and Tyrone. I do, I do like the knockout kind of system. Um, it just means that you have to give it your all on the day. And But I do feel maybe next year it would be better to go back to the normal kind of round, round robin just to give that chance. I know I agree with you as well to get the games in yeah, I suppose when the changes were made the format was very good put together and of course um, to get a win against Roscommon the first day was a good uh, confidence um, lift for the team but um, I know you wouldn't have been taking this but a lot of people would have thought uh, going into that semi-final against Tyrone that Armagh would get the job done with the minimum of fuss but if anything he probably got the test that he needed in that match Yeah definitely um, I think we 
you learned an awful lot about yourselves in that game as you touched on as well conceding those three first half goals uh, it would be understandable to be rattled at half time but you did respond as a team um, and show that the work you're putting in has been working yeah no definitely we had to put it together uh, we knew ourselves that we weren't playing to our best performances and if we just knew we had, if we had to discuss that goal or even just something to pick us up and we did lucky enough we did get the, the goal then but we were still Taking our points at the same time and just taking it over. And of course, it, it all worked in the end. You got the results. If you're true to an All Ireland final, let's talk about Kevin before we wrap up. Orla. of course, if anything for Armagh, you're probably coming into this final under the radar a small bit because there's been a lot of talk about Kevin this year, especially their return and also winning the Nancy Murray Cup. Yeah. Um, well, realistically, we think coming into the final with any real favourites. It's always on the day, the build up, and everything. Um, we just have to really perform. Cav, and we know our very physical and a strong panel, it's going to be an absolutely battle. I think it's going to be an extremely tight game. And it's whoever takes their scores at the end of the day is going to be the winners. As you mentioned there, you're expecting us, uh, Kevin, to be strong and all that. And they've definitely shown in the second half of matches how they can up the tempo as well and start getting on top of the various matchups too. So, And especially when you look at their attack as well, that's where it's going to be important too defensively to try and shut that down and, and get the supply down the other end. Yeah, no doubt. We will have a battle on our hands. Um, and I think a number of them are actually good players and you can see that in their physicality and their fitness levels. So we just hope to go that we're able to match them with that. Level. No doubt you will. Just a couple of questions, Orla, before I let you go. Of course, it's been announced that the uh, game will be shown live on the RT News Channel and the RT and BBC players. So it's a great opportunity for people uh, not just to uh, watch Armagh in action, but also for Ulster Camogie to showcase four great teams that will be competing in Ireland finals on Saturday. Oh, 100%. Especially this year with the restrictions when you're not allowed anybody to be there as spectators. Um, it's great people from all over the world who watch them. I know people in Australia, etc., that will be tuning in. Um, and even people that maybe have never went to a Kamoki game and would like to follow their family members to have that opportunity now to watch it on TV. It's absolutely first class to get us out there, to get Kamoki out there. And even the other teams, the likes of Antrim and Calvin, the uh, sorry, Calvin or the four other teams, sorry, all performing. Um, so it's absolutely first class. And I think massive congratulations to Ulster Kamogi for getting the four teams in the All-Ireland Finals which is just first class and of course with those people tuning in to watch the two games as well you'll be hoping that they'll be seeing yourself and Rachel lifting the K-Mills Cup for yourself personally Orla what will it mean to you if you are an All-Ireland winning captain for Armagh on Saturday and also bridging a 27 year gap to the last time the county won this competition oh it'd be absolutely massive to leave the the county until the All-Ireland it's even a pleasure at the minute to leave them to an All-Ireland thing but lifting that cup at the end of the day is definitely the icing on the cake um, especially after such a crappy year with Covid um, 
I think our clubs, our county, our family members, uh, friends, all need that lift. I like listening sports dads because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. Now the Armagh Joint Captain Orla Murray ahead of Saturday's All-Ireland Premier Junior Camogie Final. Melda, they've only played two games this year and I think it's safe to say that a lot of our listeners outside of uh, the Orchard County don't know much about this Armagh team. Yeah, and um, Darren, as well, they've been very quiet. So a lot of hype really has been uh, about Cavan this year because Cavan won the Nancy Money Cup, obviously, there a couple of uh, weeks ago, beating Tyrone's. But I suppose Armagh, if you like, have been um, sitting quietly, tipping along while all this um, hype is going on, I suppose, on the other side. So, yeah, it's not a team we've heard much about or, or seen much of when there's only two games. Um, but they are, look, they are having a great year, probably having one of their best years now since reaching the final in 2016. While I suppose a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks for us has been on Kevin, as I said, I think uh, our mayor going to be coming in very strong, Darren. They haven't had a good run of it. No different to Antrim, I suppose, we're talking beforehand. Uh, since mm. winning the league and being in the All-Ireland Final in 2016, losing to Carlo. But they've come in this year. Um, and even their league form was like they lost to the down second team in the league this year. But they beat Roscommon 3-18 to four points, which is a massive result. But I suppose it meant a lot of people will make a lot of them only beating Tyrone by three points in the semi-final, but they'd only played, I suppose they hadn't really had a meaningful match, no disrespect to Roscommon, and lead into it, and they conceded those early three goals, but they did respond to get the result. Yeah, and, um, you know, they did seem very strong against Roscommon, picking up a, a huge score. Um, don't know whether they really knocked that into the score in the semi-final, Darren, as well, because I suppose Tyrone did put up a great fight for the semi-final, so... Armagh still scored two ten on the day, which is which is a good score and said in this time of the year. Um, I just uh, even though I know like there had a lot a lot of hype with Cavan, uh, I know Cavan are full of confidence. I still am kind of swinging that I think Armagh have been if you like tipping away quietly, and I just think they might edge it. Armagh getting the nod just before we sign off, and of course you mentioned Cavan like. Well, we've said before, even off air, Melda, we never thought we'd be talking about Kevin Camogie with such enthusiasm and figure as we are at the moment. Like the performances they have put in this year, and they've won the Nancy Murray Cup, which was their target at the start mm-hmm. of the year. This is bonus territory for them, but they are on the verge of history. Armagh haven't won this competition since 1993. Kevin have never won it. We're in the final in 1984 when they lost to Cork. Like, what a chance to sign off a year for Kevin as well. Oh yeah, in fairness, Darren, as I said, you know, you know, as you're as we're going through both teams there, you really wouldn't begrudge either one of those teams a victory at this stage, you know, because obviously it hasn't come any other ways. But yeah, look at Kevin, as I said, you know, again have had great hype this year, have done so well. They've reached their target, like I said, winning the Nancy Money Cup. Huge excitement for them on the day. And uh, I suppose now their focus will be on the All Ireland, though that they will have if you like, put that aside for now and we'll be focusing very much on the All-Ireland and, you know, obviously go in as well with, you know, huge chance of winning this. Um, as well as just on some of the key players, I think Sinead McKinney is just a girl, I suppose, that has really had a fantastic year. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, if she hits form, uh, Aiden Coyle and a few more of the players, if they can hit form as well, you know, they really will put it up to Armagh. I still think Armagh is going to be a little bit stronger on the day.
So Armagh getting the nod in that game. 145, Kingsman Brefty Park in Cavan on Saturday. Armagh against Cavan. That's the Premier Junior final. Intermediate final again, 345. Antrim against down. Myself and Imelda will be looking back at those two games next week. Imelda, before I let you go, uh, one thing we didn't mention in all that talk was Ulster Camogie. It's a day of celebration mm. for Ulster Camogie. The two matches are live on the RTE News channel and we'll be encouraging all Camogie fans to watch that because it's going to be a great day and whoever wins the two games it's going to be a massive day for the development of Camogie in those counties. Absolutely, Darren. In fairness, and I know we did speak about it a good bit last week on, on your show, you know, about how Ulster Camogie has, I suppose, really improved and you know, working so hard with the whole scene in the with the Ulster Camogie. And obviously the proof is in the pudding now when you see four teams come and choose the All Ireland. Our show, Melda. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you catch those two games on Saturday. We'll be looking back at them next week here on Sports Stars Camogie. And of course, as mentioned already, it will be our All-Ireland Senior Camogie final preview. We're still lining up special guests as well. We've mentioned Sarah Durvin will be with us. Amelda and myself will both be here as well. And Amelda, of course, it's 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 leading into that week of the year that all Camogie fans around the country look forward to. Normally, we have the three finals together. It's not happened this year, but we'll enjoy it nonetheless. And we'll enjoy this weekend's games as well. Yeah, and in fairness, Darren, I suppose it is disappointing not to have the three together because it is a huge day in Crow Park. It's our Camogie Day, as we call it. And, you know, we have the three finals um, there. But look at, I think, you know, under the conditions of this year, you know, we, we are lucky, obviously, that they're just going ahead. So we, we'll take it with that. And as you said, we look very much forward to all the games. So join us again next week as well. Don't forget, Rena Buckley's here with the Curtain Razor tomorrow and included in that show is an interview with the Cavan Camogie captain, Erin Galligan. That's Sports Stars Camogie for this week. I'd like to thank all our guests again, me, Conley, Karen McMullen and Orla Murray. And of course, my partner in crime, Imelda Hobbins. Look forward to chatting again next week, Imelda. Okay, Darren, we'll chat you next week.